Friday Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when we play jams from local bands and artists, very talented human beings who you have a chance to catch live right here in the ATX, the live music capital of the world. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Tomar and the FCs. He is playing tonight at Antones. They're doing a big show, but got a bunch of guests. They're going to do a show and then also a tribute to Sharon Jones. Oh, nice. Classy affair. I like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so go uh, check out hornfm.com if you missed any of my man Patrick's suggestions for 512 Friday. He'll make you look really cool in front of all your friends. Go to 512-337-3776. You also can hit me up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers. Any Twitterverse, Harge at Hardball Harge. Any Twitterverse and Patrick Davis, the real MVP at It's Patrick Davis. There's a lot of... Uh, Super Bowl breakdown we're getting into here. So uh, we'll continue with our Super Bowl preview. We did talk a lot of defense last time. We we're breaking down the matchup between the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're going to jump to the offensive side of the ball. This will start there. We haven't given our picks yet. That's still coming up. <laughs> we're waiting. I don't even know who I'm picking yet. I'm not. I'm telling you. I don't know who I'm picking yet. I said earlier in the show, my job is basically to make everybody second guess their pick. Yep. It's that kind of game. Is that game that kind of game where both of these teams um, have certain advantages that could end up becoming the deciding advantage yep, in this matchup? Yep, yep. But I could see it going either way. I could see it going either way. So uh, we'll we'll talk obviously a lot about the matchup all throughout the day. But we'll start with the offenses here, um, and. Um, All right, so continuing with our Super Bowl preview, um, let's get to uh, the the offense quickly. All right, so Jalen Hurts. This is my concern about Jalen Hurts. His last four starts, 60% completion percentage, two touchdowns, three interceptions, 75 passer rating, 6.8 yards per attempt. Yeah. That ain't good. That's not a good look. For his last four starts. Right, and it, a lot of that we can attest to maybe a shoulder He's still not healthy. He could possibly get back. And maybe he's been going through the treatment right now like what Patrick Mahomes was doing. You know, he probably was going through the same therapy. Nobody was – everybody wanted to talk about Patrick Mahomes' ankle, but nobody's bringing up the fact that this dude landed on his shoulder, his throwing shoulder, and he has to come back and try to make sure that that is in the right place, which is why he didn't throw the ball possibly as well as he did before at the beginning of the season – and he wasn't running the way that he was before because he didn't want to take that hit on that shoulder. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I, I, you know, I'm with you. I don't think he wanted to damage it much. He also hasn't run a lot since yep. injuring his shoulder. He hasn't rushed for over 40 yards since week 15. Right. Um, but this is the empty the bucket game, to quote Jerry Jones. Yeah, you got to do it. This is when you're emptying the bucket. So this would be the game uh. where you get all of Jalen Hurts. But you don't want to get hurt during the game. Right. Make sure that's effective during the game, too. Um, so if you're looking at both of the quarterbacks, that's a concern for Jalen Hurst the last four starts. For Mahomes, it's the Super Bowl starts, right. ironically. In the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes has been pedestrian, basically, mm-hmm. in uh, the Super Bowls. And I went back and I gave you the, you know, the, the stats yesterday about uh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, I think he's, he just played against really good defenses in the Super Bowls. I mean, he has played against... You know, Eagles are a great defense. 49ers were a really good defense um, at that time as well. They played against the Bucks, yep. really good defense. Yep. And obviously we saw how that worked out for him too. So it's not just, you know, Patrick Mahomes hasn't had spectacular Super Bowls. It's also he's going up against really good defenses, and he's got another one. And this is a really good defense that he'll be going up against. 
And here's a little stat for you about Patrick Mahomes. And I gave this earlier, too, about the deep threat. Um, and I wonder if the Eagles are going to use this against Patrick Mahomes and force him to break tendency. Because Mahomes started his career as basically the best deep threat passer in the NFL. He, he, he had 47 deep touchdown passes in his first four years, and he was essentially the guy that can make any deep throw because he did have a golden cannon of an arm. This season, and that deep pass, I mean 20-plus yards down the field, this season he only has one deep touchdown pass. There's one deep pass of 20 yards or more down the field. That's it. That is a mind-blowing stat. He's actually got 31 touchdowns of 10-plus yards down the field. His... 8.2% deep pass rate is the lowest of his career in 2022. So the Patrick Mahomes that everybody thinks they know, the Patrick Mahomes that is a you know the mad bomber that scrambles, that can chunk the ball down the field, he actually is not that Patrick Mahomes anymore. He's actually become a, a much more domesticated, <laughs> conservative version of Patrick Mahomes who makes all the right decisions, but it's not the flashy, spectacular, uh, blockbuster plays of deep balls downfield. His average depth of target in the playoffs, 6.4 yards, yeah. which would be tied for the lowest in the NFL this season um, but with Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy. His regular season at average depth of target is 7.7 yards. So he actually throws a lot more underneath targets and a lot more check downs than he ever has as a player. And it worked, he ended up winning MVP. Yes. So basically he's won MVP as the best deep ball passer in the NFL. 47 deep touchdown passes in his first four years. And he's also now won MVP as a more conservative, domesticated, check-down version of himself. Yeah, and, and that's the adaptability that he's shown that he can play with. And I, I'm sure Eric Bieniemy and and Andy Reid talked to him about that as well and saying, hey, we don't necessarily need that big-time play all the time. If they're going to keep the ball in front of you, Make sure you get it there. Just stay stay in front of these guys and make sure move the ball down the field. We don't need the home run. We don't need the no risk it, no biscuit type of play that you used to play with. Now let's be the conservative type and just take what the teams are going to give us because we don't have the guy that can stretch the field like that where you have that threat like that. Mm-hmm. He's gone. He's gone. Michael Hardeman was trying to be that guy, but he just couldn't make it. He couldn't make it happen. And then we thought uh, Tony, Kadarius Tony, when he came, they thought that he might be mm-hmm. that guy. Well, he's made some other adjustments, and things have worked out well for them. And to your point, my man just got named MVP, so he did something right. Uh, yeah, no, he's doing a lot <laughs> right. He really is. It's been – you know, it's been really interesting to see, you know, his transformation as a player. I remember when he was having trouble because teams were playing a lot of two high, three high deep safeties against him, and he kept trying to force the deep ball, and now he's deciding to take what the defense gives him. It's actually made him more dangerous right. uh, because at least you had a way to defend him. Now there's no, no real way. There's no real blueprint on how to defend Patrick right. Mahomes. It's, it's just not. Uh, the scouting and you think you know, but you don't. You don't. <laughs> not with somebody like this. Um, and what I thought was interesting this year, too, is how good they are on third downs. Now, they're really good on first and second down. They convert 57% of first and second downs to to a first down, so they don't even reach third down right. <laughs> uh, like 57% of the time. But when they have to get to a third down, if you get into them at third and seven yards to go, which is considered third and long, so get them into a third and seven yards to go, they're converting 42.9% of those uh, uh, third and seven yards to go, third and long situations, and they're converting 
And by the way, it's the second highest number in the last 20 years. And when it gets a third and 10 plus yards to go, they're converting 43% of those situations and instances as well. The NFL average is around 19%. So it, it's really tough to stop this, uh, this offense or at least to disrupt this offense of a Patrick Mahomes. And I think the best thing that you can do is what Cincinnati did. They did a really good job of bending but not breaking in between the 20s. Yeah. But once they got to the 20s, they do a really good job with red zone defense. Yeah, That's what Cincinnati's blueprint has, to me, probably been the best blueprint going up against Patrick Mahomes, which is, you know what, we know we're going to give up plays, we're going to give up yards, we can't stop Patrick Mahomes, but we can stop him when the field constricts and I only got, you know, 30 yards to have to defend right. as opposed to 60, 70 yards to defend. Yeah, and and they've been effective with it, but the thing about it is, no matter what, they find a way to get the ball to Travis Kelsey in the red zone. Even when you know that he's going to go there, they find a way to get it to him. And not only that, now they're using Jarek McKinnon a little bit more. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco has stepped up his game in this in this short uh, period of time. So I keep looking at it and, and trying to figure out what are the weapons that they're going to be able to use. But the ultimate weapon is the quarterback, and he's going to give you everything he has. So he's going to find some ways to make it happen. Yeah, the – the Chiefs have more uh, passing attempts with two tight ends on the field this season than any team in the league. Yeah. Um, so they, they do a lot of two tight end sets. As a matter of fact, they do a lot of three tight end three sets. Three tight they ends, have too. 957 yards with three tight ends on the field. Um, no other team is over 700. 14 touchdowns, 7.7 yards per play with three tight ends on the field. So that's a way for them to hide uh, Travis Kelsey. Because yep. they can use those tight ends and then motion him away from there, um, find a matchup advantage for Travis Kelsey, and he's really great at you know being able to get open against man-to-man coverage. So they have the most dropbacks with, with two tight ends, 12 personnel, most dropbacks with 13 personnel as well, mm-hmm. and they, they're really good. The passer rating for Patrick Mahomes, 111 out of 12 personnel, 151.3 is his uh, passer rating out of 13 personnel. And the reason that's important is because you're going up against the best pass rush that the NFL has seen in 20-something years. Yep. Some would say the best pass rush since the, 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 the Bears, the, the Ditka Bears back in the day, uh, because they, now they have, I believe, 83 sacks after having eight in the playoffs and finishing the season with 75. So it is an extremely dangerous pass rush the Philadelphia Eagles have. One, day, one way to neutralize that pass rush, multiple tight ends. Yep. Three tight ends. Now... You know, that's going to hurt you. you. <laughs> it hurts you. Yeah, it limits you in other ways. Um, but some of your different, you know, packages could have two, three tight ends. It could help you in pass pro, but also help you be able to zero in on an isolating a matchup with just Kelsey down the field. Yep. Um, and like you said, maybe you want to run it with Pacheco. Yep. Pacheco can run the rock. He One, can. I mean, and he's been really, really good lately. And he's felt, he's, but the problem is, going back to what you said about all the rookies that will be on the field. Is this moment too big for him? Is he going to be out there feeling nervous with the with and having uh, ball security issues? Those are the things that you got to take into account too. But I think he's at this point, like I said earlier, they're not rookies anymore. They've been playing all year. They understand. They're at the the the, the pinnacle of their football careers of being in the Super Bowl. I think he'll be fine. But you're right. Get the ball to some of the other playmakers as well. Pacheco ranks ninth in the NFL in carries since week 10, third in rushing yards since week 10, and with 5.1 yards per attempt, um, he's second in yards per attempt since yeah. week 10. 
Uh, seventh in yards after contact, sixth in yards after contact per attempt since then. So he's been actually a top five running back in the NFL, arguably, since week 10. The rookie's starting to figure some things out. Yep. So that's something to watch, too, because uh, Pacheco can be huge. Because if Kansas City is one-dimensional and throwing the ball the entire mm-hmm. game, <clears throat> that's a really bad omen for Kansas City. they got to have some balance so they can keep Philadelphia off balance. Yep. So they can't just pin their ears back and come after Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the, the Eagles offense... Which I love. Like I said, it's a it's a triple option, hell, quadruple, quintuple option offense. Uh, Spagnola, strangely enough, the Kansas City defensive coordinator said he's been studying RPO and zone read offenses since Ohio State won their national title under Urban Meyer. He said he was a he has a friend uh, that you know is really close with Urban Meyer, and he said after that national title, he went to speak with Urban Meyer about zone read and about RPOs because he thought that might that might end up making its way to the NFL. Yep. Well, he's a damn smart man because it did. <laughs> it trickled its way up to the NFL. So he actually has been studying these types of offenses for a long time. So he might be able to come up with a pretty ingenious game plan of how to neutralize it, but it's a really tough offense to stop. Uh, on top of the zone read fake you got to deal with, so an inside run or the quarterback keeper, you got the RPO element attached to it. Um, and then they get they and with the RPO, they also provide him with a basically a check down. Um, if the RPO is covered, they'll bring a jet sweep across, or they'll have a package play, which is a you know, wide receiver screen of some sort, they'll give him another option. So right. you got your zone read or a quarterback keeper option, but the RPO element with the tag, but then they give him a package play on top of that and a check down. So there's like four or five different options happening at one time. It's all on him to process it and make the right call. Uh, that's why nobody's ran more RPOs than the Eagles, 185 RPOs. Uh, that's a ton. Um, yeah. So if you go look at it, Jalen Hurts right now, I think if you are, if you can't see that you want to get him into a situation where you disrupt him early. And I know this sounds crazy. I think the first drive of the game and the first drive of the half is going to be really important for Kansas City defensively going up against Philly, whatever Philly's first drive of the, of the game or first drive of the half is. And here's why Philly's opening drive stats, they score on 60 Three percent of their opening drives of the game is a that's a fifty-two, nearly fifty-three percent touchdown rate on the opening drive of the game for them. That's the best number in the NFL. Only Minnesota was above fifty percent so far this year. And here are the stats, the little trends about their opening drive because their opening drives don't match the rest of yep. their, their 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 game script. It just doesn't match. It's weird. Not weird. It's smart. Um, the Eagles opening drive they. They, they usually are an 80 personnel, sorry, 11 personnel, 80% of the time. They're in 11 personnel, one back, one tight ends. They use a lot of up-tempo and no huddle, a ton of it, way more than they use the rest of the game. They throw it 63% of the time on, first, on that first drive of the game. Mm-hmm. And they run it 56% of the time <clears throat> the rest of the half and only 48% of the time the rest of the game they throw it. So they, I mean, so basically, they they throw it more than they throw at any other part of the game on that opening drive, and basically the rest of the game they like to run it. Their run rate is really really high. Like I said, they only throw it forty eight percent the rest of the game, after throwing it sixty three percent of the time on the first drive. Wow. They run twenty percent empty formation on the first drive, fifteen percent usually the rest of the game. Like I said, eighty percent. 
uh, 11 personnel on that first drive. That number drops 68% for the rest of the game. They love the opening drive. And by the way, they're on the opening drive of the half. They got a 42% touchdown rate. That is also the highest in the NFL. It's, a, it's really big to, to stop them on those opening drives. It, it, it does make a difference because they, they love to play with a lead, and they end up playing with a lead a lot of times because they're really successful on those opening drives of the half or the opening drives of the game. Wow. That's what you want to stop them there. Well, Early you, on. you've been talking about it, you, getting out of uh, character, right? You got you to gotta <laughs> break some tendencies on that. All those numbers, what do you do? And that goes back to your point of being aggressive for Kansas City at the very beginning of the game, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to have to attack them early and not, not, not sit there and try to feel it out. You need to go out there and attack right away because the script is right in front of you. The, all the tendencies that you just talked about, you should be able to break that tendency by doing something different on your defensive end by being aggressive. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's what I'll probably get into a lot in Rod's Round the Day. We'll continue the Super Bowl discussion uh, in Rod's Round the Day, but I'll talk about what I think the biggest deciding factor will be for either team. And I think it's usually the case in these big-time championship matchups. you got to find a way to break tendency at the yep. right time. We'll talk about that when we come back right here on Rod's Round the Day. Um, I'm Baldo Lott, 1049 The Horn. I'm as mad as hell. And I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Rod's Rant of the Day. And since we are talking about the matchup between the Bengals and the Chiefs, it's time for our big go- big game bowl coverage. The Horns big game coverage is brought to you by Texas Truck and Trailer, located in Leander on Crystal Falls Parkway and in Northeast Austin at I-35 and Runberg. Call Texas Truck and Trailer at 512-528-6038. That's 528-6038. All right. All right. Let's get back to our big game bowl coverage. Talking about the Bengals. Sorry. Talking about the Bengals. Talking about the Chiefs. We're hoping. I was looking at yeah. the Bengals <laughs> Chiefs actually box score because I was looking yeah, up yeah. something. Uh, but talking about the Chiefs and the Eagles and their matchup. And I've always said this about big games, especially at the end of the year, championship postseason games, um, because the coaching staffs and the support staffs, they work really, really hard at trying to determine the strengths and weaknesses and the tendencies and the trends of these teams. You talk about 17, 18, 19 games of film and hundreds of plays. Um, Teams are really attuned. To what these uh, teams do really well. Uh, like always, the late great DKR would say, you dance with what brung you. So once you have perfected or you become really proficient in certain concepts, you know, you're not going to stop during doing what you know you do really well and what has made you a Super Bowl contender or a championship contender. Um, so based on those trends and those tendencies, you can really situationally put yourself in a position to get a huge advantage if you can break those tendencies at the right time. Because that stuff is well established. I just gave you the Philadelphia Eagles and what they do on, fir- on the first drive of the game. 
Right, they go 11 personnel 80% of the time. They like to go no huddle, up tempo. They pass the ball 63% of the time um, on their first drive of the game. Uh, they like to go empty 20% of the time. So you know, everybody knows the trends formationally, down and distance, situationally. And really smart coaches at these really high levels, it, it, they're, they're really good at the chess match within the game, as I call it. And that is trying to figure out when to make the right adjustment, when to make the right counter to an adjustment, and when to break tendency. And there's several examples of this. Even most recently, I remember these examples uh, in this most recent playoffs, The because uh, I was looking at the Bills, uh, and the Bills, when they had their win over the Dolphins, there was um, a, a formation, and they use empty a lot too. There's a formation where they use 10 personnel. One, that's one back, zero tight ends. And they used 10 personnel on four of their snaps against the Dolphins, but they only used 10 personnel on seven total snaps the entire season. The entire season. So seven total snaps in 17 games <laughs> uh, in the entire season. But then when they played the Dolphins, right, they broke tendency. The Dolphins probably figured one thing we're not going to see is 10 personnel. Right. They never run it. Seven, seven plays the entire season. No reason for us to really prepare for it. No reason for us to game plan for it. Wrong. Two of those four plays that they ran out of 10 personnel, all right, were explosive plays. They had a Cole Beasy explosive third down catch, and they had a uh, Khalil Shakir's catch on that first drive. And both of those were explosive plays, explosive receptions for, yep. for 15 or more yards. And one was on third down, crucial. And both came out of empty formations. Broke tendency at the right time. Right, Got to know when to do it. Hell, they couldn't have prepared for that. You only ran it seven, you only ran that personnel package seven damn times. There was Doug, uh, Doug Peterson, who did a great job of this uh, when the Jags ended up um, pulling out the, the big win in the playoffs, too. They. They they were smart because the Chargers had the big lead. We all know how it worked out. So it, part of their counter or their adjustment, it helped them overcome that big lead. But their biggest tendency breaker came on that fourth and one late in the game where they were trying to seal the game. It was fourth and inches, and the Jaguars offense lined up with three players in the backfield. They ran basically that T formation. Mm. It was just the sixth time that any offense in the NFL – lined up with three players in the backfield on fourth down. And the Jaguars accounted for half of those, by the way. But it only happened six times all year. you got to be deep, deep, (laughs) deep down the rabbit hole as a coach to go find that film and go, hey, guys, we should be ready for this this, uh, T formation they break out with three backs in the backfield. Right. How are you going to be ready for that? They weren't. They got the first down. They sealed the game. Earlier in that game, actually, give Doug Peterson some props because he decided to go a lot no huddle. In the first half when they went down uh, in the game by, was it, three scores, uh, whatever it was, um, they they didn't run a lot of no huddle, of course, because they thought they were still in the game. But once they started running a lot of no huddle, um, they really started to be able to exploit that Chargers defense. They ran three no-huddle plays in the first half, 12 in the second half. They had zero explosive plays of 20 yards in the first half. They had four in the second half. Three of those four came out of no-huddle situations. Mm. Just got to know when to use it. Yep. Just got to know when to break it out. Just got to know when to break that tendency. 
the most famous example that I can give, or at least my favorite, one of my favorite examples, is in the Super Bowl that everybody hates, that Patriots-Rams Super Bowl that everybody thought was a really boring Super Bowl, but it actually wasn't boring. It was just a, a great chess match. And chess is boring to most Americans. You don't want to watch a chess match. Most of y'all be bored out of y'all mind yep. watching a chess match. That's what that game was. I don't know the rules. Yeah, most of y'all don't know. <laughs> that was a the, 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 the chess. You know, football is basically a chess. It's a chess game with human beings. That was a chess match between Wade Phillips and Josh McDaniels, and it was a magnificent. And Belichick and Sean McVay. Yep. So it was. And it's all like great minds, magnificent uh, uh, football minds going at it, and that's why there was only one touchdown scored in that game. People hate it because people love offense, but you know people don't like defense. It ain't sexy. It uh, doesn't move the needle. But it was a great defensive well, battle royal, if you will, between the Rams and the Patriots. But in that game, the Patriots did a few things that gave them a a significant advantage. But they were just they were breaking tendency. First of all, they led the NFL that year in man coverage rate. They played man coverage more than probably any team in the league. At least they were top three and top five in man coverage rate. Jason McCourty, I remember him after the game saying, quote, definitely we played more zone than we played throughout the entire playoffs. So the way they broke Tennessee, yep. well, they, they became a zone team in the Super Bowl. Uh, the, the Rams were expecting man coverage. It's a big adjustment to make. Yep. Remember the, the headset communication advantage for – Sean McVay and for Jared Goff at the time, they would cut off the communication, uh, cut off the headset communication with the coach at 15 seconds when 15 seconds were left on the play clock. Well, they found a way around it. They would line up on the uh, line of scrimmage with 25 seconds left on the play clock so that Sean McVay could talk Jared Goff through all the adjustments, through all the audibles, and through all the different you know defenders that he needed to watch. Um, and then Jared Goff would go out there and make the right play, but mostly because he had training wheels, which right. was Sean McVay. Essentially, Bill Belichick took away the training wheels. Bill Belichick said, all right, you know what? We're going we're gonna to put two defensive plays in. So essentially, they sent in two calls on every play. One was what they'd show before the snap, and then the other was what they'd switch into post-snap or with about five seconds remaining on the play clock so that Sean McVay, neither Sean McVay or Jared Goff would know exactly what they were doing. Yeah, Breaking tendency. Right, Tom? It ended up being a huge difference maker in that game. The biggest uh, tendency breaker, though, for the Patriots, which won in the game, was the only touchdown scoring drive in that game was a touchdown drive that included the Patriots going to 22 personnel, which is two backs, two tight ends. Mm. They went to 22 personnel, and then they actually ran the same concept, basically the same play, three plays in a row. And Wade Phillips and the Rams didn't expect it and then had no way to counter it or adjust to it. And the reason that they didn't have any way to counter it or adjust to it is because they had no way to prepare for it. There were only 11 times in 16 games with all 32 teams, 11 plays all NFL season long, where a team went 22 personnel, two backs, two tight ends, and went empty formation, five wide. Mm. Patriots did it on that only touchdown scoring drive in that Super Bowl Teams had only done it 11 times the entire year. How the hell was Wade Phillips and the Rams going to prepare for that? They couldn't. Wade Phillips, had, Wade Phillips had after the game, he said, there's no way we could have prepared for it. We tried our best. There was nothing we could have done. We didn't see that all year. They weren't in that all year. They had never run it. And he was right. They had never run it. As a matter of fact, Josh McDaniel said after the game um, that they talked about it. They, they, they ran it in walkthroughs. But they never actually physically practiced it. 
After the game, Dwayne Allen, the tight end, told Peter King, it was an amazing thing. Hats off to the Rams. They really knew us. They played us great. But football is about in-game adjustments. Josh told us on the sideline, we didn't practice this, guys. We didn't practice this at all coming into this game, and I realized that. But this is going off in my head, and it's something I think we need to do to win the game. He mm. was right. It won him the game. Wow. You got to break Tennessee at the right time. Your opponent is ready. Give your opponent, give them a little bit of credit. All right? Give them enough credit and give them enough respect to say, I believe they're going to be prepared for this game. They're going to do everything within their power to be prepared, the most prepared they can be. All right? If they are indeed that prepared, but they, they know me inside and out, they've watched every rep, every play, every player, formation, personnel, package. If they know me that well, then the only way for me to beat them is to do something that they don't expect. Yep. To use their knowledge against them. Then they go, damn it, I knew him too well. You're right. And you know what Sean McVay said after the Super Bowl? He said, I he said, honestly, I was I was too dialed in. He said, I couldn't see the forest for the trees. And he was right. He couldn't see, he couldn't, he couldn't expand upon that game plan and that thought. Yeah. And by the way, this happened. Nick Saban did it when he won the national title over Kirby Smart and Georgia. But Georgia. Kirby Smart knew that roster inside and out. He had been with Nick Saban longer than any of his assistants. He knew every player on that roster. Strengths, weaknesses. He knew Nick Saban. Strengths, weaknesses, tendencies. He knew the coaches. He knew it all. And Nick Saban said basically at the end of the game, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. He took Jalen Hurts out the game and put in Tua. The one player Kirby Smart did not have a scouting report on. Yep. Because he was a freshman. And he did was, not have a scouting report on that one guy. And he was too. The one guy. Yep. That broke the tendency. South and Kirby ball. Smart, he couldn't prepare for him. I couldn't game plan for that guy. You have to do something they can't game plan for. You have to put something, bake something into the game plan that they cannot prepare for. I don't know what it's going to be, but you got to do something like that. <laughs> and I think, you know, you know um, Kansas City plays more too high shell coverage than anybody else. Two deep safeties. I wouldn't doubt if they played a lot more cover three in this game than they've ever played. Because Kansas City has trouble going up against teams that play a lot of cover three, and it allows, it allows Kansas City to put an extra guy in the box against a really potent run game of Philadelphia's. But it'll leave those corners potentially on some islands, so they got to win. Yep. And they, they wouldn't play as much press. They would play off coverage, and Kansas City plays more press than anybody else in the league. But you've got to break tendency. Got to figure out a way to do something different. If you go into that game doing exactly what you have done the entire season and thinking to yourself, oh, well, we're going to win because it's what we do, there's a good chance you're going to lose. Right. Because they're going to they gonna find something that they haven't done that you haven't prepared for, and that's what they're going to roll out. But it's got to be the right time. The timing's got to be right, right? Yep. You know, like Sean Payton's onside kick, timing's got to be right. <laughs> it ain't just, the, it, it's not enough to have the concept and have the formation, the personal group, and ready to go. It's not enough to have the idea. You got to know when to utilize and implement the idea. That's coaching. That's all it is. All right. We come back. We'll get into off the record on this side right here at Baldwin Line, wonderful night. Follow my own. Welcome back to 
the ball don't lie right here on 104 now the horn 512 friday we play jams from local bands and artists very talented people who you can catch live right here in the atx who are we jamming right now patrick this is the point and they're playing saturday at the 13th floor oh i like that Sounds intriguing. <laughs> uh, that means hard. 13th floor. 13th floor, yeah. 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 Isn't that like bad luck or something? Yeah, it's supposed to be, but oh, I mean, no, there's a party going on. It's a psych there. rock. Ah, I oh. gotcha. Yeah, if you remember, there was a band back in the day here in Austin called Rocky Erickson and the 13th Floor Elevators. Wow. Oh, they, okay. uh, they, they popularized the electric jug. Man, what is the electric? Is that a song? No, no, that's a no, it's like, an yeah. instrument. Oh, you know yeah, how there's yeah. a jug, you play a jug? Yeah, wow. Yeah, they had yeah, an electric yeah. version of it. Man, that's okay. It's, yeah. But they were pretty psyched out, and then Rocky, by the end of his life, was a little bit uh, frazzled. It's a nice way. It's He had done a little bit too much. Oh, yeah, yeah. gotcha. That does happen. Uh, but yeah. yeah, but that was so psych rock, so I think it's a tribute to that nice. in the psych rock world. Okay. okay. Um, is, 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 isn't there a thing about hotels and not having a 13th floor? Is that a thing? Yeah, still? I don't like know if it's thing? still a thing, but well, I know like it, thing back it, in the it day. was a thing yeah. at one point. It was a thing back in the day. Yeah, I'm just probably just an old man. Uh, all right. Uh, We're we'll, in this thing together, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Just spitting out old man stuff. I've, I've not stayed in a hotel that tall in a while. Uh, oh, yeah, you know what? I guess because... Yeah, I stayed in a hotel recently because I went to like a wedding, but you're right, it's yeah. been a little while. It's been a while since I, I stayed actually, like it a- wasn't that, you're right, it wasn't 13 It wasn't Thursday. 13 floors. You're right, You're like, floors. you got to get to yeah. like 20 floor buildings, Good point. and normally you're like, that's like seven, which is still big. No, you're right. And, yeah, it wasn't 13. So yeah. you're right, it's been a while, I guess, since I stayed in a hotel. Oh, I did. I went to San Antonio. Oh, I, yeah. But, but I didn't right. stay, though. I just, oh, you kept, you, oh, I just oh, went you like during the day. You didn't just walk in the elevator and see? Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that counts though. So you're right. San Antonio is probably the one. Um, okay. All right. There you go. All right. Uh, my man Patrick, always hooking you up on a 512 Friday. You can go check it out for yourself. Um, okay. There are a couple of stories here that I uh, randomly want to hit for off the record. You got a couple of things uh, that I want to get into. Um, first one here is a survey that was done. Um, by about gas stations. Okay. We talked about this uh, earlier. I don't know if we talked about it on air or if it was off air, about how obsessed people are with Buckies. Oh, yeah, we did. we did talk about it on air. Because Craig and the ladies' basketball team, yep. then they stopped they at stopped a Bucky's. They stopped at Bucky's. And they were, Greg, Craig was giving us play by play. Yes, yes, because <laughs> they stopped at a Bucky's on the way from H Town, I believe, yep, yep. and they were uh, driving back. Uh, well, according to a recent report from Payless Power, a Texas based energy company, um, apparently Bucky's a national survey. Uh, Bucky's is one of America's favorite gas stations. Bucky's ranked second in the overall survey of over a thousand Americans who were asked about gas station preferences. Bucky's, mm. Bucky's received high praise. Oh. Second, second best, most popular gas station chain in the country. Okay, there you go. Bucky's. Mm-hmm. You always get a. You, I've never had a bad experience at Bucky's. Ever. Yeah, they said Costco and Bucky's were the only one that made all top five categories. That's weird that Costco's yeah. up there. Because <laughs> Costco's running everything. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they are in the mix for everything. So um, they say bigger oh, no. is better? Yeah, no, they said they said Wawa is the, the, the gas station. Wawa finished ahead of Bucky's in terms of gas station like uh, rankings for this survey. Uh, but when you talk about like cleanliness, price, food quality, customer service, Stations and pumps and everything considered, it was Costco and Bucky's with the best, the top two grades. They were like top five in everything, all considerations. Yeah, okay. I know Wawa was the place that installed lighting in the bathrooms that was like a blue light or something, so you couldn't find a vein. That was the level they were at. Hold on, whoa, 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 whoa! You gotta explain this again. What? what? So they installed <laughs> specific lighting because they had a problem 
with some people going into the bathroom and taking too long. Oh, what? God. And so they installed wow. lighting where it was where you could not find a vein because the lighting in the bathroom. That's hey man, that's solution oriented thinking right what? there. That is that well, that's yep. amazing. And I believe that was Wawa. That was a place that was like, oh, well, we have this problem. How do we fix it? Well, we can't make employees like you know try and stop this. Yeah, you can't do that. So you put in lighting that is different, and then it makes it so and they it, go in there and they just get frustrated and leave. It, apparently, it encourage people to like, you know, I'm yeah. not gonna stay in here. I'm getting the hell out of well, here. Well, no, but it's more like they go in there to do some drugs. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they are unable to do them because they can't find a place. They to be can't at. find the place to be, and yeah. so they have to leave. It wow, is, it's insane. It's insane thing. But I've heard that about Wawa. That was one of the things that people were like, "Oh, you like it because there's no one on drugs in the bathroom." Right. <laughs> when you yeah. get up into the Northeast, that is like, crazy. Yeah, it makes sense though. I guess if you're trying to just keep people out of there, if they're hanging out and they're loitering too long, well, yeah. you know, passed out by a toilet, never a good look. Passed out, but it's not and not helping your business. I not mean. helping no. your not business helping your at business. all. Man, nugget patch bringing drink, br- dropping nuggets like yeah. that, just breaking it down. I had no idea. The nuggets. I don't think I've ever even been in a Wawa before. No, no they it's said Northeast, it's fi- right? They said it's Philly. Yeah, they I don't think I've been Philly in a Wawa before. Uh, no, I've been, not. I've been to Bucky's and still will say the Bucky's experience a little overrated. I don't get it. I still don't get it. I, I tried to st- sit in one and, and look at all the different items and try to get excited. I don't understand I've why been, people are I, so yeah, excited I, about I, it. I get it. I get that it's. I, I will say, I get that if you're driving down and you're taking a shot on a gas station and you know that there's one coming up, you're like, I know that'll be clean. Yep. Versus I pull over and I may roll into a place where there's one guy and he's doing seven jobs and like one of the doors is locked and I don't know if I can get in. Like, you know what I mean? Wow. When you're driving at like 2 a.m. There's a lot. Yeah. I'm Man, with you. These people say they spent an average of 20 minutes at their favorite gas station. I don't, like, I don't. At Bucky's and Wawa. 20 minutes? No. I mean, unless, what are you unless doing at this gas station? If you count putting gas in the car. Boy, that shouldn't take 20 minutes. No, but if you're like, like I, I pump minutes. my car for five, and then I go to the bathroom, that's another four, I guess and then so. I got to get some. Yeah, I got to shop around. I'm not shopping, though. I get, like, like, I'm still in and out. Those people but, are shopping, I guess. Yeah, those people are enjoying the atmosphere. I don't, 20 minutes at their favorite gas station. People really enjoy Bucky's. I mean, you're right. People go there. I... Sometimes I, it's 20 minutes because you can't get out of there because yeah. there's so many people. Yeah, you would think that with all those pumps that they wouldn't be all full at one point. They and sometimes are they all are. Full. Yeah, it's just like, what the hell is You're going on? Waiting to get gas. But I agree with Patrick. Some people just want a clean bathroom, which I am all for 1, a clean 000%. bathroom. So if you got that's why I love I, I'm a big fan of Chick-fil-A, because Chick-fil-A's bathrooms are most of the time they're clean. Very yep. rarely you walk up on a Chick-fil-A bathroom that looks like Somebody had the bubble guts. High end hotels too. <laughs> exactly. High end hotels. High end hotels like that. So yep. I, I feel that, but like I said, I oh man. I, I usually don't I plan my day out really well, even trips really well. Well, I don't have to stop at a restroom <laughs> to to do that. If I stop at a restroom, it's usually something really easy, quick peasy, and I'm out. Yeah. I ain't gotta sit down up in that joint. Right, so right. yeah, I feel if you gotta sit down in a, any type of gas station breath restroom, you planned your day poorly. <laughs> you just you, you, you already you screwed up somehow. You already live in a different life. Yeah, There's you, a yeah. huge risk. I don't you know when you went to the Chipotle and thought it was all <laughs> be like to me, like I, I planned my day but accordingly like, so I never have to take a surprise trip but to like, any but, restroom. But Bucky's is like you're on a trip somewhere. So that would be like, hey man, I'm going from 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 El Paso to Beaumont. That's fair. I'm gonna. I may have to use the bathroom in between El Paso and Beaumont. Right. A couple times. A couple times. Yeah. yeah there, so there may be a thing where you're just like, yeah, I'm on one day trip, but it's like 16 hours. That's very true. I may have to take a break I somewhere. Been, and if I'm on that road and I don't know where I'm at, and I see a Bucky's, I may be like, 
I know that is clean. Yes. Yep. And yep. I can yep. go knock it there. Of course. Yes. If you're traveling cross country. But yep. I haven't done that in quite some time. And I don't plan on doing it. No, I haven't done it since <laughs> I was touring with the band. But. Like my, dad, my mom and dad took us to Florida. It was the last cross-country trip. But no, I drove from Detroit to Houston. I was trying to say, I remember you telling us. I drove from Detroit drove to back, Houston. Yeah. So that was, that was a kind of a cross. But we stopped in like at a hotel and like chilled. So I didn't, we didn't yeah, stop at the Bucky's. Like stopped at like stop an actual hotel yeah. in a city and then stopped there and, and hung out and kicked it and didn't got a chance to relax. So yep. I don't know, I'm just, I'm pretty, I'm pretty anti-gas station restrooms in general. I guess that's yeah. what I'm trying to I make. think we all are. Until not that everybody. moment where <laughs> not everybody. No, that's right. Yeah. Some people will really enjoy these gas station <laughs> That is a special breed. <laughs> exactly. See, there you go. So he says truck stops are pretty good and they offer a shower for a cheap price with a private bathroom. There you go. I've seen those though. Yeah. Showers. Yeah. Now you're truck driving. Different story altogether. Yeah. yeah. You get that's part of it. That's, that's part why, of your gig. That's part of it. That's the yeah. lifestyle you live in. I get it. And Bucky's are saints for having those clean restrooms for the truck drivers. For me, I'm just driving two, three hours, man. I yep. can hold it. And if, if I can't hold it, then I made a poor decision. Yep. And I need to be punished. Well, you you also have your uh, pickle jar in the car with you because the wife is She has packed that for you. Hey, man. Rod's well, already used it once. He's got to eat some more pickles before yeah. he gets the pickle jar back. We know Rod ain't using a recycled pickle jar. Uh, that. No, that pickle jar is, is it's gone. Destroyed. Yes, it's gone. My wife actually found it because I left it in the garage. Like, I don't know why I left it in the garage. That wasn't smart. And she's like, what is this? I was like, it's the pickle jar you got for me. I used it. She's like, then why do you throw it away? And I was exactly. like, I don't know why I didn't throw it away. I'm an idiot. So anyway, too much information. Let's come back. We'll get into NFL awards and the Hall of Fame class that was announced right here on Baldon Line 104.9 The Horn.